You're listening to the B&H Photography Podcast. For over 40 years, B&H has been the professional source for photography, video, audio, and more. For your favorite gear, news, and reviews, visit us at bnh.com or download the BH app to your iPhone or Android device. Now here's your host, Alan White. Greetings and welcome to the B&H Photography Podcast. Today we're going to be announcing the winners of the B&H Photography Podcast, Panasonic Lumix S1 Sweepstakes. But first, we're going to shoot the breeze amongst ourselves for about a half hour or so, so keep yourselves busy, okay? <laughs> uh, okay, seriously, we want to thank everyone who subscribed to the podcast over the course of the sweepstakes, uh, to those that left ratings on Apple Podcasts, and to the zillions of listeners who left Facebook comments with their favorite episodes. One thing that really pleased us to see the variety of episodes that are chosen as favorites. Everybody's got uh, you know what they like, and it's, it's it's a full range. Some noted favorites that were published four years ago, and others on episodes on obscure topics. It really was all over the place, and that that's good. Mm-hmm. We pride ourselves in taking on a wide variety of subjects on our podcast, and it's really neat to see that our efforts are being appreciated. So, thanks again to all who entered the sweepstakes. Uh, and at the end of the show, we'll announce the winners of the Lumix S1 full-frame mirrorless digital camera with the 24 to 105 millimeter lens and the winner of the Lumix G95 mirrorless camera with a 12 to 16 millimeter lens. So you won that one, right, Alan? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I already had it customized. I had pinstripes put on it and some extra wide tires. Okay. It's really good. Yeah, and I I got those those fat memory cards, man. (laughs) I tell you, in the rain, they're the best. They really are. All All right. right. Anyway, about our schmoozing thing here. Um, uh, as the summer winds down, we start to talk, think about the fall, and it is turning to fall out there. Uh, we're going to return to a conversation we had back in January of this past year when John, Jason, and I reflected on our own photography practices and what we wanted to achieve in the upcoming year, which is now over halfway done. Okay, so now let's catch up, see uh, how well we held to our, 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 our goals and aspirations uh, <laughs> and, and see how it goes. So who's going first? Am I going first or what? Yeah, you're definitely going first. All right, <laughs> I'm going first. Okay, my big thing was I, I was yapping about uh, getting back into... Maybe we uh, should just refer people back to this episode. It's called It was called our Photography New Year's Resolutions, and it came out in January. So if you do want to go back and listen to it uh, to get a sense of uh, you know what we were talking about then... Uh, it might help, but yeah. not, not necessary. Anyway, that's what I was doing. I was starting to uh, uh, go through a lot of my old uh, transparencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have slides going back and negatives going back 50 years, so I've got a lot of stuff. And one of the most liberating things has been throwing out totally bags and bags and bags of slides that I know I don't need, I don't want, I'm never going to look at, nobody's interested in. We're going to talk about shows that influence us a little bit, but I guess the Jay Maisel show and the that Jay image Maisel, of uh, yes. garbage bags full of slides. Garbage <laughs> bags and, and, and also about editing. He, uh, in, in that f- film, which again, if you haven't seen Jay myself, we, we've seen it at least two or three times ourselves here and I want to see it again. It, it's, it's a great movie. It's a love story. It's about photography. It's just great stuff. Um, so a quick question. Did you yeah. did you throw away all those slides before even checking them out or no? Or oh, did you- I, I didn't even see what they were. I just threw everything out the window, okay? I just put <laughs> bags in there out there, okay? The no. deer are rummaging through it now. No, I, no, I, part I, of your, <laughs> that was part of your New Year's resolution, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. Mulch, it's a mulching thing, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. No, what I did was I, sure. I went through a lot of the slides. A lot of them were in sheets. Some of them were still in boxes from way back when. Um, and I, I was really honest with myself. I just threw out a lot of stuff and just kept things that really did make a difference. If I had to pause and look at something, I knew it was worth it. And then I went through it again, but throwing out 
literally thousands of photographs. And I just want to get down to a good core body of work, that stuff that matters, so that when I die, my kids can throw them out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's face it. <laughs> I, I think about that all the time. Can I, ask, can I ask another question to the group, actually? Sure. Do you guys go do the same thing, call through photos and actually delete them off your hard drives for digital photos. Yeah. Yes. I've been doing that too. Because, and oh, what a graveyard. Plus you I gotta, don't see it. I got to do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm blowing through hard drives like crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's expensive. Yep. I've been backing up my stuff more seriously too. And, and that has to do with also our podcast that we've, we've had on, on hard mm-hmm. drives and mm-hmm. also, um, the Aaron Babnick, Aaron Babnick and her, right. her house burning to the ground right. the day she unpacked it in California with that, uh, that horrible fire. Um, it just hit home a lot that I really was keeping all my eggs in one basket, literally my basket being my home. Um, so I have drives off site and more stuff backed up online because if it's gone, it's gone. And, and that's it. You're doing it. the cloud storage too? Yeah. What, yeah, what, yeah. what, uh, what are you doing? Uh, some guy named Steve, he lives a few blocks <laughs> down the street. He's got this big garage with a lot of big cabinets and stuff. He says he could store as much as I want. What's the place called? It's called he calls it the cloud. The cloud. <laughs> <laughs> it's and it's easy. It's just down the street. So, so you know, I mean, when the garage door opens, it's a very cloudy (laughs) (laughs) yeah clouds right Um, (laughs) so um but seriously what are are you using the the mac uh the the mac backup or yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) but and you know it's another thing i i had to uh acknowledge again i'm going through right now with my franken scanner and doing really nice uh, uh digitizing of kodachrome mostly kodachromes and some black and white negatives and the stuff's really good. I'm using a Sony A7R2, so my files are 120 megs. I'm shooting raw files. I'm processing them. I'm getting more detail than I ever saw in them because I could open up the shadows, hold the highlights, play with the midtones, and it's just really, really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've gotten much better at retouching blops and scratches. And how, how long is it taking you to get through, let's say, I don't know, a box of slides? Uh, I mean, if you're going to go ahead and process them to do, and, to do a slot to, to do the copy is, is quick because the, 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 the scanner thing that I have is all set up um, the exposures I play around with them a little bit because again it, it reads through it so I'll adjust the exposures to optimize it um, but it's takes you know 12 seconds to photograph the slide and then depending on how grungy it is and I clean them all off the mm-hmm. film cleaner beforehand and well, swabs yeah. but there's always something there but I'm gonna say on average, give me about 10, 15 minutes per image. Okay. So Roughly. It's not bad. I mean, my stuff is not horrible. It's really cool, though. That it's still a lot of time. You're probably... Does that make you want to shoot film more now? Because you can, like, use Photoshop to edit and all that stuff? You know, and, yes and no. I really appreciate shooting digital, and I really like shooting film. I mean, I have a lot more film cameras than digital cameras. Um, but I, they, I, I, I also can't... They have a great look to them, those, the ones you've been... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, making, it's yeah. a unique thing. Um, but I tell you, I happen to love the immediacy of digital. And by the way, I don't keep my screen on when I'm shooting. It's off. If I have to look at something, I'll play it back. But I don't have that playback going all the time. I'm just, I, it, I don't bother with that. I just, I'd rather shoot. So do you want to tell folks what you showed me yesterday? You're very I first. thought we weren't going to be talking about that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, but I thought about it all night, and I think we need to get going. Um, uh, we the the first slide you yeah, ever shot that uh, was pretty cool. Okay, yeah. One of the things I, f- I came across was my first roll of color slide film. I had the box of slides, and it goes back to April of nineteen sixty nine. 
Okay. Well, I was just about ready to leave high school mm-hmm. and I put my first roll of cola slides and I went down to Coney Island and it was mostly little color patches and splatters and stuff. And then I took one picture. It was, I actually pulled back the frame, the, 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 the slide frame, the cardboard to see what it was. And it was frame 22 and it was a blue wood plywood wall with a red bucket mm-hmm. and, and a, a and a broom yeah. and a little silly. part yeah. of the broom and part of the and it was the first what I call Alan White's picture because it was framed the way I framed it, it, everything. That's awesome. It was it was yeah. The first, I stopped. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Right there is when I found my style and my eye click. I gotta on that see picture. that. Yeah, I gotta see that. You haven't shown that to me. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. I'm holding back we'll on it. Yeah. Let's post it. No, that's no, awesome. No, I'll, I'll do some. Yeah, yeah, I will. Yeah. But it was great. And again, that's that's 50 years ago. For, saying, yeah. There it is. It's pretty cool. My eye clicked right there. But I, one thing that I noted was the colors were insane. I mean, the red yeah. and that bucket was beautiful. Yeah. And that was an ectochrome. And what's interesting is that most of the ectochromes that I shot early on, they're fading. Um, th- it's not a very stable color process. The dyes are in the film, whereas Kodachrome is actually a black and white emulsion, and the color is added in during the processing, and it's far more stable. <laughs> and I've seen Kodachromes going back to the 1940s that are brilliant. But the ones that I have, and I started shooting Kodachrome 72, 73, they're all there, unless they were stored in a place that was horrible and they got moldy or something. But otherwise, the colors are remarkable. But yeah. you're, you're saying here that though the capturing the nuances of the Kodachrome is, of the Kodachrome is difficult? Yeah, that's the whole thing. You mean you're talking about Co- when you're, you're with the scan? touching Kodachrome it. is an interesting film. It, it's the most accurate, gorgeous color film ever made. And it's not made anymore, and it won't be made again. It had a run of X amount of years. And... The way it renders certain skies and certain uh, skies and certain colors, it's it's got a realism to that no other film ever got. I remember when, when Fuji film uh, of Elvia came out. It was I remember I turned in my first assignment on that. The art director put on his sunglasses to look at them. He says, "What the hell were you on when you shot this stuff?" <laughs> but I mean, the colors are just bizarre. It's even I love Fuji, those colors, so yeah. but even yeah. Fuji digital cameras today, they have a look about them because yeah. you know Fuji gooses the color and it's gorgeous, but it's not natural. But Kodachrome <laughs> catches things beautifully and accurately, and as soon as you scan it. Now, if you're using a scanner, the, the, the characteristics of the sensor, color scanning sen- a sensor, if you're using a camera, the camera sensor, everything has its own profile and personality. And then what monitor are you looking at at? And how are you outputting it? Are you printing it? So whatever you're looking at being a scan of a Kodachrome on a monitor or in a print, you're never really capturing what that Kodachrome really was. You have to look at it through a loop on a light box. So you're finding that you have to do some tweaking just to get it back to how it should look? I try to get as close as I can, and I'm also accepting the fact that I never will be able to match it because it's a different medium. It's just different. Right. You know, but it's great, and it's all part of it. But again, the images themselves, I'm I'm astonished of how good they are and how I'm able to really bring this stuff into a a digital medium. I saw the one you did. It was like a like a wheat field or something, and it was like there was like a some some kind of tractor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, yeah, a combine. Yeah, and it had that depth of weird depth of field. That was a 500 millimeter f5 Nikkor mirror lens. That had a very (laughs) very interesting look to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, Very flat color on that you lens. Don't you don't see that on a computer it. screen that often. Nope, nope, you don't. So anyway, um, but one of the things I, I keep coming back to is that this is like the fourth time I'm scanning stuff from going back some years ago. And I originally used a $400, I think it was a Polaroid scanner, which was very good in its day. 
and then from there, I went to a Nikon CoolScan 4000, which was even better. And then I started playing around digital cameras. The I think it was a Fuji S2, which was 12 megapixel. Then I went to a Canon 5D, and now I'm using the Sony, and each one is progressively better. And of course, now we're looking at a 61 megapixel camera. So it's really funny that I keep upgrading every few years my scanning process, but what am I going back to? The original slide and the original negative, and nothing will be as good as that. Right. <laughs> good night, folks. Good night, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so you're asking me about like film or yeah. digital better? It's yeah. such a it's a tough one. It makes it really me want to try more. It makes me want to try it though, because like I, that, what I always think about when shooting film is that I like I, for me I, I like being to, able to go back and, and adjust. Yeah. So you have that capability with. Uh, you know, with Just Photoshop kidding. and with well, scanning yeah, you, and stuff. Well, yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now here's nothing with Kodachrome. You only had about maybe a third of a stop of 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 over and under exposure right. because it was very narrow range, and you see your exposures had to be dead on. You had to know what you were doing. Right. And slides. now you, you, you yeah, with slides, and now I mean, you shoot raw files, you could you could be a total slob. And you I still see, you that. still see recovery the, the same oh, way. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, That's yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. But also with negatives, you, there's a lot of work. You can do a lot of things with negatives. Yes. I mean, I remember back in the day, a negative that you see on the contact sheet and you think it's useless. Well, w- once you put it in the enlarger and you try to mess with it, you can get stuff that you need out of it. So, oh, yeah. A little different. But, yeah. but the way you're shooting raw files now and going in and doing the adjustments in mm-hmm. monochrome to convert to black and white, it's like, wow, in yeah. each color channel, all these little subtleties you can do. So you're up in your Photoshop game too this year. Right? Yes, I am. Nobody knows Photoshop a thousand percent. You can't. Yeah, we were talking to a photographer <laughs> the other day who's an, an expert and I said, I couldn't even give you a percentage of what I think I know about Photoshop and he said you know what same for me I just <laughs> but uh, so you're doing pretty well with your uh, with your resolution then I guess which was the, that was what it was you had your Franken scanner and you wanted yeah, to go through stuff yeah, and you yeah, wanted to yeah. I'm actually doing it and I like it and it's given me a lot of ideas for a couple of projects I want to do cool well that'd be great to see long term projects you mean yeah. like something semi long term anyway some of it actually yeah. going back to stuff that I had that I didn't even I mean I found pictures that I've never looked at since I shot them wow. and it it's sort of like more pieces of a puzzle because I had certain groupings of pictures that I liked mm-hmm. and I wasn't quite sure if I had more of this type and I'm finding pictures. Wow, this is part of the series. Do you have anything series. undeveloped? You should send it into uh, Lost Roles. That episode, remember the Lost Roles? I actually thing? do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I should too. <laughs> but you know, you've also written tons of articles over the past nine months. Any gear that really stood out? Anything that you said, all right, not only do I like this, but I may buy it or get it? Uh, any cameras, any lenses, anything that really uh, Oh man, I, your fancy? I've used the Zeiss Bodice 40 millimeter F2 on several occasions. And even though I'm not really a normal lens guy, I can't believe how many good pictures I've gotten out of that lens that I really like. Cool. Um, so I got that. And that's a 50, a 40, 40 millimeter F2 bodice. That's for the, uh, Sony E-mount cameras. So that I, I, I really, really like. Um, what else? What, what you just said, what you were asking about, well, I was asking about gear that you used over the course of the year. Oh and yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Stood out or uh, where, just where, reason- what gear that you tried may take you in a different direction. Okay. Now one lens that I fell in love with and I'm kind of surprised that I did that I went out and just bought was that, uh, seven artisans, the 50 millimeter F one one. I'm not 
a lens baby kind of guy, <laughs> and it is kind of have the quality. That lens is lovely. I, I wide open. It's it's just ghostly. And I got the 15 millimeter one two Nikkor, which is a stunning lens at f two. And it, what it does in the background is amazing. But this lens, even when you stop it down, the center gets real, really nice and sharp. But it gets that swirliness towards the edges. And I found I took a lot of pictures that I just really liked with this. It had like an ethereal kind of look to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And just as a break from what I normally do, and it was crazy cheap. And which lens is it again? That's the the seven artisans, the 15 Uh, millimeter F11, available in silver or black. Yeah, I was going to pick that up too. Cool. Cool. And it's affordable. Yeah, Yeah, which is refreshing these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because I see too many things that are just not affordable. Is that a new brand or? It's been around for a couple of years. Yeah, we've been carrying it for a while, and uh, uh, but they make a whole bunch of high-speed optics, and they're made out of they're all uh, uh, metal alloys, so they're built real good. But they're cheap, high-speed and cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or affordable, affordable. That's right. So you're saying here that I'm looking at your notes that you've you're still in the Sony A7 camp for the time being, but thinking about transitioning. I love Leicas. I really, yeah. really do. Sure. I, I mean, I own <laughs> four M bodies for film, which is too much for any human being. Uh, but, and I'd love to buy a digital Leica, but mm. nature of my shooting is I get real close. I like shooting inches from this subject, and Leicas are not close up cameras, kind of limited for optics. It's what, uh, 15 or 18 millimeter through 135. That's it. Mm-hmm. Without getting into a whole bunch of Rube Goldberg attachments and things, you can do it. But it's- another reason is that m- most of the M cameras right now are 24 megapixel cameras, and they take stunning photographs, uh, despite the fact that they're not the highest resolution out there. But the newest series of cameras, starting with the Q2, have that 46 or 47 megapixel sensor, and that's where they're all going. Now, by the way, for you listeners who do want to buy an M, there's going to be a limited run of the ME uh, digital camera, which is going to cost just under $4,000. And that is essentially the last run of 24 megapixel Leica digital Ms. Um, And they haven't arrived yet. They were announced, but they're only making a few hundred of these. But this is basically the way they're closing out that line of sensors, but it's a great deal for under four grand. You can get yourself a stunning camera. Are those available for pre-order? Yes, they are. Oh. Well, in deal. that case, hit the show notes. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> check, check the show notes. Yeah, no, but definitely check all the show notes. Check the show notes for all the cameras and gear we're talking about today. Um, so, so you, are you you're thinking about it? I think about, it, but no, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. It's not right for me. I think about because it all the time. It, I'd love to have it. But most of the shooting that I do, I'll be frustrated by the camera. Yeah. So mm-hmm. therefore, I remain with Sony. That despite the fact I hate its menus and right. everything else, you just like the simplicity of the way that Leica oh, works. It's yeah. the simplicity of the design, the form factor, and the menus. If you have never seen or used a Leica digital camera, try it because the menus. I don't know why everybody else makes it so difficult. They got it down to the basics, and it's perfect. So, that's my story. <laughs> and you, John? So, back in January, I had a couple of projects that I was hoping to get to, and there's some degree of success and, and some, some not-so-successful <laughs> degrees. However, uh, it's funny you mentioned Sony and Leica, because one of the things that I am now going to continue to try to look to do more of is still photography on set. You know, I'm going to actually reach out to some people and try to find some jobs, but... 
if I do that, I'm going to have to go mirrorless, you know, because I'm not going to get a big blimp and put my Nikon into it. And, so you and want to shoot like in, in studios? Yeah, well, on set, you know, on set. whatever it happens to okay. be, like I used to do for the movies. And uh, so I may be looking to get an A7 of some sort, you know, in the, the near future. The silent mode is is yeah. silent. Yeah, that's that's something. Although that 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 that's a little bit down the line. I have some other things going in the big meantime. Big changes, big changes, big changes. Yeah, uh, but the main thing that I wanted to do this year was get back to street photography and do it in in more of a uh, do it with kind of a plan. You know, have some idea to what I was doing as opposed to just kind of shooting on the way to work, which I still do. And to that, it's been somewhat successful. I, uh, I feel like I have gotten back out there. I am shooting more. Uh, I'm taking a little different approach, which may seem uh, odd, but uh, it's it's more of like a scattershot approach. It's more about you know shooting without looking through the viewfinder. Mm-hmm. It's about you know trusting my instincts and what's going to come up, feeling the thing as it approaches, yeah. as it's about to happen, and shoot. So yeah, I get a lot of things that just don't work out, and but every now and again you get a gem that you're just what you're looking for, and that kind of hit or miss is part of the fun. At least it's become part of the fun. Uh, and it's a little bit in contrast to the street photography I used to do where I would kind of just sit around in one spot, compose a little more carefully and, and look for the light. But this has been, it's been a fun experience and I'm going to be posting some of those photos on the Facebook group and, uh, I'd like to get some comments from folks and, and also see some of your street photography out there, some of our listeners. But, um, the one thing I have been doing is looking for side light. You know, I've been trying to find moments where in New York City in the early mornings or yeah. in the late evenings when that light is kind of blasting down. Mm-hmm. And so you're getting you're getting some bright light and long shadows. And it's just been so much fun to play with that. And kind of getting people placed within the frame in different locations, almost like they're frozen statues, which has been part of the fun. And you get that warmer tone that time of day too, if you shoot totally, in color, totally. which I love. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And it has been mostly in color, which is a change. But uh, in, in doing this, and, and if you go back and listen to the episode, you'll you'll hear that in January I was really hoping that getting either the Fuji X100F yeah. or the Ricoh GR3 would kind of open the door to this whole new phase of, uh, and you of tried street photography. Both of them, right? And I was able to try both of them, and I was able to try the monochrome, the Leica monochrome M that you loaned me for a little bit, right? Which is not mine, folks. Right? right. <laughs> I that, borrowed that it a, and I lent it. <laughs> yeah, we tell. both tried it. <laughs> yeah. And after a couple of days of using it, and it's a rangefinder, I got to, I got into the groove, and I loved it. And I, I worked the lens in terms of getting my, you know, the. Um, what do you call it? Where, you Hyperfocal know, distance. And it was fun and it worked out pretty well. However, it's just not, you know, it's it's a little bit out of my price I range. I got to ask you something now. You're yeah. going out with a camera that does black and white, period. Mm-hmm. And I, every once in a while, I'll go out and I'll take one of my film cameras. And if I'm shooting film, it's invariably going to be Tri-X. Right. Okay. And I always get frustrated saying, what if I see a great color shot? Yeah. Did that bother you when you had the monochrome? Um, not so much. No, because this I knew it was just something I was playing with for the, the course of a week, and okay. I just gave myself into it. So no, it didn't. See, that's I, another reason why I'm keep getting I drawn back. I needed to, yeah. True. Yeah, 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 you do have your phone as a backup. Yeah. That's w- one of the reasons why I also like going back to, say, my Sony, what you can really do mm-hmm. with any camera, mm-hmm. is the fact if you're shooting raw, you're getting all your color data, right. and you have a lot of data right. for doing mo- good right. monochrome. Right. Yeah. So that's a what little I'm bit doing. of cheating. A little bit of cheating. Well, involved. no, is it? Yeah, I don't know. A little bit. I mean, it depends on what what you're doing and what you want to do. But for me, it's probably better just to accept whatever it is that I decided to shoot with that day. If it's if it's a personal project, you know. Well, and you know what I do. White, what I'll do is yeah. quite often I'll keep my uh, camera set to monochrome. Mm-hmm. 
with shooting JPEG and RAW, right. I'm gathering all the color data, but when I look through the camera on the finder, it's monochrome, right. and I could think monochrome. Right. But if that color shot is there, yeah. I do have it. <laughs> yeah. All right. And it's yeah. cheaper than two Leica M That's cameras. True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm more in Alan's camp for sure with yeah. that. If I, if, if I was out and I only had the option of shooting black and white and I saw something that would just had to be color, I'd be so pissed. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's part of this whole experience of the street photography that I'm doing now is being okay with missing shots. You know, just okay. You know, I missed it. That's life. And that's part of the process. I mean, I knew if I if if I wanted to approach it differently and I missed it, I mean there have been cases where I've missed shots and I was angry, you know, and I'm not talking about color or black and white, just missing a good shot because right. I was kind of, like I said, not using the viewfinder or, or running and gunning. Uh, but in general, is this, you talking about when it. you slammed the camera on the ground and exploded? No. No, he's magic keeping that under control. <laughs> oh, okay. That hasn't no, happened for a while. The, the, the time that it really <laughs> bothered me was when I was biking and I had, you know, I was no handing it with these group of cyclists all around me going up eighth Avenue. And, uh, things just weren't focusing fast enough. I was missing shots or, or the focus was getting on, you know, the guy behind when I wanted the guy in the foreground and things like that. And I mean, that's to be expected when you're, you're cycling up an Avenue with no hands and, and you're shooting people around you who are cycling. But at the same time, that sounds frightening. Um, yeah. It was exciting though. Um, I want to see those. You, yeah. you did get some good ones. Right? I'm going to post a yeah. couple. Yeah, I did get, I did get a few good ones for sure. But I, in the course of maybe a 10 minute bike ride, I probably shot 300 photos. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. Uh, and, and, Totally exciting. It's and that was with the, the 750 or that was with the, the black and white camera? The, that the was Leica. with the D750, yeah, okay. which is what I wanted to kind of get to at the end of this, which is after trying the Fujifilm X100F, which is clearly a street photographer's camera, mm-hmm, or people like mm-hmm, it for that, mm-hmm. and the Ricoh GR3, which has this kind of cult um, cult attraction among street photographers, I ended up going back to mostly using the D750, my Nikon DSLR, which I'm comfortable with, and... I don't know how to say it. I just it's just easier for me to use. It's not that heavy with a light lens on it. The problem was that I had the Nikkor 35mm f1.8 and the 50 f1.8, which are G lenses, and I couldn't really afford the 35mm f4 f1.4. So I went with the Sigma 35mm f1.4, and it's a little bit bigger, but I'm totally happy with oh, it. Oh, yeah, the yeah. image quality is stunning. Yeah, it? yeah. Now, does the, does the size of all that bother you? Because I'm getting less and less tolerant of DSLRs a with big bit. DSLR lenses. A little bit, but not so much. I, I, You're it, younger it, than me. Well, <laughs> not that much. But it, it just, He's uh, older than me, and that's way too big for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'd like to find that smaller camera that gets me all the stuff that I want out of the Nikon and I haven't done it yet, but maybe it'll keep coming. Uh, I should probably try the Sony's. Uh, Didn't you also get another uh, Sigma? Didn't you get the 24 to 70 also? Yeah, Yeah. that's what I use. That's for like a work lens for sure. Oh, the other thing I used was that uh, one of the tough cams, the TG6 from Olympus, which I always love the tough cams for underwater and then they fit my lifestyle, which is basically breaking things. Uh, (laughs) So I used that for street photography, and uh, that was pretty good too. That had, you know, there's a few drawbacks, but uh, it, again, it, it fits this kind of attitude that I've been holding, which is, you know, just shoot and, and figure it out later. And uh, and that was fun to play with. Uh, I could see myself going back to that, but it doesn't quite answer the the, the problems. One or, thing or that's the nice about those cameras, though, is that unlike wall point shoes, they have these tiny little metal blades mm-hmm. protecting your yeah. lens, yeah, yeah, yeah. which. Yeah, horrible. Break. Yeah. And you never know if your yeah. lens has a fingerprint right. going on because it it's always closed if you're not using it. Right. These things have like a little glass plate in right. front of it that's right. waterproof. 
you know if your lens is dirty, it's yeah. always ready, and you can just toss it in your bag. Totally. Yeah, and they, I think it's like 20 frames per second, you know, if it's yeah. in the electronic shutter, so that's that's pretty great, too. Uh, I tell people who have little kids, oh, what camera should I buy? Yeah. Buy a tough camera. Your yeah. kid could chew on it. It yeah, doesn't totally. matter. They could throw it across the room. It's right. okay. Right, yeah. So that's been going well. The, the, the other two things that I wanted to do this year, uh, not so much. There was a project that I shot in 1999, actually 20 years ago, which was meant in my head then to be a 20-year project, to look at it 20 years later, and uh, I wanted to go through all that material and edit it. Most of it's in black and white negative, uh, and I haven't even done it yet. I haven't even opened up the boxes. So that's something that's still waiting. But because I'm moving, well, there are actually two reasons why this happened. I, I, I received a call from somebody to license an image that I shot in 1998, mm -hmm. and I had to find that slide, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which was not easy. Uh, and that got me into some boxes and some some folders of slides, and I started pulling them out and doing what you're doing. I haven't been scanning them, but just going through them right. and throwing out tons of stuff. And it's been a it's been a fun process. But the thing that I learned mostly, which I guess gets back to your point too, of what we shot back in the day compared to what we're shooting now, is you know to see the patterns that you, you develop over time and, and, and maybe the cliches that you work in and, or you work out of and, and all those kind of aspects of, uh, of developing your craft over the years. So that's been, that's been fun to see what remains and, and what I've kind of shedded, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, mm -hmm. so it's been, it's been a pretty good year in that sense. Uh, I'm trying to think of what other aspects of, uh, of my resolutions. Well, I wanted to get back to the, some, some street photography. I've done that. This project not so much. And hopefully work-wise, I'll, I'll find some more still photography on, on movie sets. That's kind of my my goal for the year and we'll see how it goes. So that's Was me. any of your thoughts about movie sets influenced by Jeff Bridges' interview or no? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, no, but it was influenced even more when we had the, the, the still photographers on. We had Jojo Wilden and, and yeah, David we've had, yes. back in, yeah. well, at least six or seven months ago. And, uh, it's it's just a career opportunity that seems plausible. Let's put yeah. it that way. So that's that's what I'm thinking. But yeah, the Jeff Bridges was fun, and we look forward to getting that episode out uh, for sure. All right. Uh, By the way, for those of you who have no idea what we're referring to here, uh, about two weeks ago we recorded a podcast with actor photographer Jeff Bridges, and that will be airing. In He's got a new book coming out. New yeah, book yeah, coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Uh, of all of his movie photography, which is great stuff, it's and the interview is wonderful. So sometime in October, we're mm -hmm. going to have that show mm -hmm. airing. So mm -hmm. stay tuned. It was yeah, a fun podcast. Sure. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back. We're going to talk with Jason and his New Year's resolutions and how they are coming along. Stay tuned. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the B&H Photography Podcast. Send us a tweet at BH Photo Video, hashtag BH Photo Podcast. Okay, we are back. Jason, how you been handling? First of all, what were your resolutions? What did you say you're going to be doing? I was going to um, to start exploring uh, shooting architecture and cityscapes with longer lenses yeah like super long um and and i i have done quite a bit of that i i shot um i actually borrowed john's 70 to 200 nikon lens and adapted that to my sony and uh shot some pretty cool cityscape stuff with that and also i've been using um with, a, with an extender with any kind of no the 70 to 200 you didn't, you didn't go longer than 200 um I, I i have gone a little bit longer than 200 but uh -huh. not with that lens okay yeah 
Uh, no, I, I, I did originally talk about, you know, getting like a 100 to 400. I just can't afford the lens. Did you try the Sony, um, the clear zoom function? I have not. You you have have, to. Yeah, I got to do that. Yeah, and it makes like the JPEG that like is like super high quality. Though it basically doubles your focal length without image loss, and it's in your camera. Yeah. So if you have a seventy two hundred, you can going up to four hundred right now. Yeah, I I should I should do that. But I've also been shooting in my buddy's A six thousand with his fifty five to two ten APS C lens. And um, getting pretty close in there with that. Now, that also has the same clear zoom function in it. Yeah. So you could use that and double it. Wow. Which would be nuts. Yeah. That's what you want to do. Hmm. I got to try that. Yeah. I, I, I always forget about that. I know I know you, you wrote an article oh, yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got to read that article. Then it'll, it'll be solidified in my... For those of listeners who don't know what we're talking about, um, many Sony cameras, they have a function called clear zoom function where when you engage it, you can double... It's it's a continuous zoom just by pushing a little button on the back of your camera, the, one of the little zoom buttons. And you can double the focal length of your lens without affecting your image quality in JPEG only, no raw, but it's, it's extraordinary. It's voodoo, but it works. I got to try that. I've been meaning to try it. I I just always, I always forget about it. I mean, generally I, I, a lot of the time I shoot raw, but I think, um, from what you're saying, the the quality's so good. It really doesn't matter too, too much. Well, you know, if you can get the shot with a tiny less quality, that's okay. Yeah. If it gets real close. First of all, here's the trade-off. You could not use it. And then crop in and blow yeah. up the image, and then you are losing quality. Right. Here you're zooming in without losing the quality, so you just win. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I've been doing that and um, and having some some pretty good uh, some pretty good results. And also, I've I've gotten way into shooting people this last year, which was not on my uh, resolution. So, I, I I've been kind of bouncing back between shooting longer lenses and, and shooting cityscapes and architecture stuff and and going out and shooting people. Well, the people stuff has been this kind of abstracts, right? Like kind of yeah, close kind up of to strange. faces with the glows of the cell phones and yeah, things like that. Yeah, kind of weird. That's cool. I've been trying to do like some kind of, I don't know, I've been just seeing where it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been, I have several little, uh, little threads that I've been kind of following. Yeah. You know, taking close-up shots of people's faces, but also like taking you know weird shots of like TV screens and stuff. I still haven't bought a really fast Prime that's on my to-do list before the end of the year. I, I have to get that squared away. I think I'm going to go with um, that 51.2. Is that is that the uh, yeah the 50 millimeter f1.2 Nikkor? It's the AIS manual focus yeah. lens. Definitely Made for go. 30 years. Yep. At F2, it it blows away most every other 50 millimeter lens out there, and it's very affordable. If anybody's looking for a good normal lens, that does it. Definitely going to get that, and I'm I'm also looking at that uh, Seven Artisans lens for sure. Yeah, because that, it's it's so affordable and it's just so weird. I like <laughs> you to, know, yeah. one thing I, to mention, I we're moving into a new apartment, and the views from the 16th floor are pretty incredible. I got to come out it there. It made me want to get a long lens, like a 400 and just do kind of building geometric abstracts of building the building. It's you like know? collage. You use, exactly. Yeah. With long yeah. lenses, you crush that perspective. Yeah. And in the city, the, the, the we, patterns we you get are great. For, yeah. Yep. It's going to be great once I get that going. One thing I definitely want to do is to get a uh, tele extender for that 55 to 210 uh, for the A6000 because uh, that would give me some more, some more range to, to take some really up close kind of architecture stuff from a super long distance. Now, just keep one thing in mind. You'd probably get better results using that clear zoom function than you will with a one. With, with a, a 2X? With a 2X. You, My guess is, hmm. 
You might want to run a test on that. How come? What, why do you think? Because Just, you're dealing with, uh, uh, teleconverters, as good as they are right now, you're dealing with another optical system being uh, put in front of another optical system. You have variations of alignment. Some are better than others. And again, this- And you lose the, the max aperture. That, that was the word lose, I was looking for, teleconverter. Not te yes. yes. <laughs> and you lose light. Whereas with the Sony function, okay, you don't lose any light, and you, you you're definitely losing less image quality. Meaning you can't open um, you can't you open can't the open aperture as wide. Is that what you're saying with the uh, with the, with the, the Well, you lose yeah. light. A, a yeah. 1.4, you lose one stop of light, and gotcha. a two time you lose two stops of light. Ah. Now that could also affect your autofocus speed. Right. I mean, generally for this stuff, I'm not really using autofocus. I'm just kind of just yeah. you know yeah. just zooming way in. But even just for image quality, yeah. I'm willing. If you shoot side by side. Side, you might be better off with what you have in your camera. There's no reason not to do it. Yeah. To try it. Yeah. And I'll split the difference of what you just saved. <laughs> I, still want, I still want raw, though. I still want the ability to shoot raw. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, also, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. That's another thing, actually. I In some cases, I've actually, normally I'll shoot in raw slash JPEG high. Mm -hmm. But I've been occasionally just turning the raw off completely. Because I just know some of these personal shots, I'm never going to need it or use it, you know? Well, no, so, that's true. Yeah. I, I mean, I turn it off at time. It depends yeah. on what I'm shooting, right. for sure. Yeah, it's just one of those things that I realized. Because before it was, you got to have raw. You got to have raw, and just in case. I yeah, actually yeah, got yeah. back more into yeah. just when I started doing the slide uh, digitizing, mm. because it's the better way to right. go. that makes sense. And then mm. I just started to appreciate it more, and I just left it in that mm -hmm. uh, uh, function, and yeah. just it, it's just there. I'm too much of a tweak head. That actually gets me back to a point I wanted to make in the first half, which has to do with this idea of street photography and trying to pull myself back from these ideas of, of tweaking and exactitude and just kind of, I don't even know how to phrase it really. How just about kinda, enjoying taking pictures? Well, it's, it is, yeah, it's enjoying it, but it, it's almost like giving myself up to the flow of the street, you know, yeah. not even trying to remove myself from the process as much as possible other than what I see, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of trying to control that. I don't want to do that. I just want it to happen. And if it happens and the photo's good, then that meant the moment was good. And if not, okay, I pass it on. That's kind of what it has more to do with like a, a mental thing as opposed to uh, any kind of technical or, or, or yeah, and that, that lens is—I mean—that's that's inherent to the style of street photography too. It's, uh, it's, it's to some extent, right? To some I mean, it's about the I moment, mean, right? Yeah, and, but yeah, totally. And yeah, this will work with street photography, no doubt. But it, it's even more of a for me trying to lessen the degree of control, right? And uh, hmm. and see what you get, you know. Right. And, and obviously, that flies in the face to to a lot of photographers, <laughs> but uh, but you know. That's where I'm at with it. You know, I've done that street photography where it was more of a controlled thing, and and, uh, and or where you go up to somebody and you speak to them, hey, you're all, and I do that still. Like I did it the other day when I was out in Rockaway, I was asking some people to just kind of kind of take your picture, just say how you are, you know, and let me get it. To, and and they were cool, but in general, I'm I'm trying to work away from that for a while and just. Uh, I got fly. I got berated by a tourist the other day taking yeah, uh, taking pictures on the subway. Right. Right. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, it was kind of weird. I, I was just stunned. I don't know. It was, it was, yeah. Yeah. I, I think in Europe they, it's not quite the same in terms of. Well, the laws are different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. How, I mean, in New York, it's like yeah. I was like, you probably got your picture taken by four different street photographers since you've been on this train. Right. I was thinking, you know. Well, that happened to me on yeah, the street over here. A guy was yelling at me for taking pictures, and I said, you know, well, look up. 
and he was standing underneath a security camera that was photographing him constantly. <laughs> oh, that's you great. Know what I mean, and and that's just one of the arguments that come up a lot with street photography. But to jump back to the story, this guy berated me on the street, and he got vulgar, and I tossed a few back at him. And about a week later, I was walking to the same coffee shop, and I get a tap on my shoulder, and it's the guy. And he says, listen, I just want to apologize. Whoa. I, I, I don't know what set me off that day. It was a rough day and you annoyed me with your camera, but I had no reason to be yelling at you like that. And I really want to apologize. You can take a picture anywhere you want. This is in New York City. And I said, well, thanks a lot, man. And I, I'm sorry too. And, you give and a good hug. We, we didn't hug, but we, we <laughs> shook hands and I always see him semi-regularly and we say hi. So I think it's... Uh, no, that's actually nice that he, ha- that, he, that he handed him to come over and, and do that. Absolutely. Because yeah, I mean, yeah. we all lose it like that. Totally. You know, and you don't have totally. opportunities to go over and say, listen, I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Basically, it was one of those moments that, uh, that makes you appreciate... Uh, you know, humanity. Yeah. So, yeah. And and you got to check yourself too, because we're always kind of building up our defenses and and being ready to fight at at the drop of a hat, especially for me when it comes to photography in the street. But, uh, but he was willing to cross that bridge and, uh, and now we're buds. So anyway, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So Jason, anything else on that? I mean, what, what gear are you thinking about? What, what have you used and tried and and Um, put aside or like I said, I'm definitely going to pick up that, the, uh, the Nikon 50 millimeter F 1.2. I was eyeing the G master 100 to 400 for the, the a seven, but that is, it's just too expensive. Mm -hmm. I just can't, I, I I don't know. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't, I just can't afford it. You know, yeah, um, it'd be great to have. Yeah. Know, I'm, I'm much more into doing these weird tricks to get more <laughs> more uh, reach that uh, that's Al- Alan has suggested. Yep. You know, Vivitar makes I think it's like a 200 to 500 millimeter f 6.8 zoom. It looks like a baseball bat. Costs about 119 dollars. You might yeah. want to try one of those. Those wow. are kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this, or the F8. The, is it sharp at all? The F8. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, well the, defined at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, in bright sunlight, yeah. you know. Yeah. No, it's up uh, camp bright. It is. The other thing I, I should mention, and I was shooting it last night is I found in the garbage, believe it or not, a image capture pro Polaroid camera, the kind that folds oh, down yeah, flat. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I went, you know, we, and bought, we, we bought, <laughs> I bought a pack of film, which has the, the battery are in the pack of film. I put it in and it just cranked right up and it works perfect. Not perfectly, because sometimes it takes some, you have to pull out the, the the image itself sometimes yeah. it gets caught in in the uh, in the inject. Uh, does the camera still have that funky smell about it? It does have that funky smell. About it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whose house it was in for all these years, but it works. And I've been taking pictures with it. When something like that lands right in your lap, you gotta you gotta go for it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> all right, so I guess we're you know three quarters of the way through the year, and hopefully we can. I'd like to get to this you know, this 20 year project of mine, at least before we're done with 2019. Uh, but other than that, it's been a pretty successful year. I think photographically had some photos put, put in books. I had a photo in a, uh, on the cover of a, a book, which was great to finally get uh-huh. sent to me. That was fun. Uh, and, uh, you know, some jobs here, here and there. I did the, uh, the ticker tape parade. Uh, that was kind of fun. And some, some of the protests that are going on in the city now. So, uh, keeping busy. I think I need to get more focused. Yeah. I think I have a bunch of ideas and a bunch of projects that I want to like see to fruition. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they're all competing with each other. Mm. So I think I need to focus. Find one. Judge, take one it. and run with it. Yeah. yeah. Finish so, one. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. that's, so I, I give myself like, I don't know, a C. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give myself a B. 
minus. I'm going for A minus because I actually I, I'm proud of myself. I threw out a lot of old stuff. Uh-huh. I've actually been scanning and cleaning up, and I have a nice body of work that yeah. I've rediscovered. And some of this stuff have has actually never been out there before. The slides were taken never back in the box. Seen, Alan never before wow. seen pictures. Wow. All right, so uh, let's let's get yeah. these things up on on the Facebook. Group All page. right, we'll All start right, doing that today. And also in this episode, there'll be some some in the show notes. We'll have some photos. Uh, of ours and and a lot of links to click on for some of the gear we're talking about, but I guess we should get to uh, yeah the, the big moment. The big we talked long right? enough now. Good? Okay, okay, good. All right, so now here's the big moment. As you all know, we had the big Panasonic Lumix sweepstakes, and a lot of people entered to win. So all that said, the winner of the second prize, and this prize is for the Lumix DC G95 mirrorless digital camera with a 12 to 60 millimeter lens, is Mr. Roger Longenbach of Austin, Texas. Congrats, Roger. The winner of the grand prize, which is a Panasonic Lumix DCS1 mirrorless digital camera with a 24 to 105 millimeter f4 lens, is Joseph Lockwood of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Congrats to you. We're going to be reaching out to both of them after they've had a chance to play with their new toys and talk to them on our podcast and upcoming podcast to see how they're coming along, how they like their new cameras and lenses. Uh, and actually, you guys are not that far apart. You're about six hours drive, of course, Route 10, according to our coordinates. We're running a Waze report right now. There is traffic <laughs> at about the mile 1,200 mile post. So be careful. Stop for lunch. Right here in Joseph. There you go. <laughs> so anyway, congrats, guys. That's terrific. We're glad you, you got your cameras. I hope you enjoy them, and we're looking forward to talking to you and seeing how you're coming along. In the meantime, uh, that's a wrap of another fine episode. And remember to subscribe on all the usual suspect portals if you'd like to join our B&H Photography podcast. Uh, the, remember, we do have the podcast Facebook group. And check our show notes for links to the gear we discussed on this very show and every episode and as always on behalf of jason john and myself thank you so much for tuning in today 